Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Swung on. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 62 to set the new American League record. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Sal Akata back on your, uh, back on the fan. We'll get to your calls here in a second. 877-337-6666. So, of course, NFL draft night. Jets get McDonald. Will McDonald just for Marco say? Giants straight up to get uh, Deontay Banks, cornerback. And, of course, every pick in the NFL draft was a great one. Every player is a superstar in the making. All the quarterbacks. What could go wrong? Like we've never seen any of these quarterbacks fail. Wow, every quarterback. You know, I read after all these picks. What a player the Colts are getting. Oh, what a player this team is getting and that team. Every pick is a great one. Every player. Of course, they're all going to pan out. I mean, it's ridiculous. I know people get hype about the NFL draft. And I understand it to a certain extent. But come on now. The reality is that 80% of these players are going to be a bust. And yet, on draft night, it all looks great. Not all the teams who selected a quarterback are going to find their franchise quarterback, which I like looking at it. Okay, well, which ones are going to have the busts? Which ones are going to be the busts? You just hope that for the Jets and Giants case that these players could be impactful, specifically for the Jets, who are obviously a win-now team. I mean, the Jets, are in, the Giants, I know that the Giants went further last year in the divisional round, but they're still building something here. They're not necessarily a win-now team. They can still win now. But they're not necessarily a win-now team. But you want to have impactful players, at least in the first round. And ultimately, that's how you build successful organizations that you know sustain success. We talk about all the time in all sports. That's how you build these teams through the draft. Second round, third round, fourth round. If you're not drafting well, you're not going to win. But... When you talk about a team like the Jets that's ready to win now, you want to get as many impactful players as you can to help you now, not guys that maybe in two or three years from now are going to turn out to be good players. You'll take that, but right now they want impactful players, and hopefully for them, McDonald could. The one thing that bothered me a little bit was I wanted an offensive uh, lineman. I wanted the Jets to get uh, Broderick Jones out of Georgia, and of course the Steelers traded up to jump in front of them. To grab him. Anyway, we're talking Rangers and really whatever else is on your mind. If the draft does it for you, I'm here for you. You want to talk some Aaron Judge and the injury concerns there, the Mets and how awful that they have been, even with the win against the Nationals, still just a 
bad series for them. This with the Braves coming to town. Now tonight as we turn our attention here or, or turn the uh, the calendar to Friday uh, here on the fan. And the Mets got a four-game series with the Bravos. First time they'll see Atlanta since the sweep last year, which I'm still not over. 877-337-6666. Jeremy is calling from Montville. What's up, Jeremy? Hey, Sal. How are you doing tonight? How are you, Jeremy? I'm doing well. I'm just here to talk about hockey, and I appreciate you talking about hockey. It's uh, it's really <laughs> comforting. Um, so I'm a Devils fan, um, mostly a hockey fan, though. Just I, I analyze all the teams, and I, and I love watching all hockey, no matter what game it's. Um, but I'm just looking at the Rangers here, and I just don't think that they're really built truly as a Stanley Cup winning team. And I'm not saying that they're not good. I'm not pouncing on them because I'm a Devils fan. I just feel like they are not built as a heavy team like they were last year on the bottom six. And they're not getting the secondary scoring. And I think that's the real key in this series. They're not getting the primary scoring. I mean, they're not getting any scoring. No, I, I understand that. But I don't think really in games three and four that the Devils were necessarily getting all that primary scoring either. I mean, it was, it was one goal game. But you talk about Siegenthaler getting that late goal in the third period. Or you talk about, you know, um, Hola getting the goals. Um, you know, so, you know, they're, they're, they're just grinding them out. And they're playing the way that the Rangers are built. The Devils are playing the perfect trap game against them because they're really just limiting their skill, and that's all they really have. They don't, they don't have that toughness they didn't have last year. Well, then that's a problem that Drury needs to address. And I don't know if it's a Gallant issue, if it's Drury's issue. If this team was not built well enough to go win a Stanley Cup, then somebody's got to pay the price because enough is enough now. This is supposed to be a Stanley Cup team. This is their time. Absolutely. And and so if you look at that Vegas team from 2018, they made it to the Cup Final. They were built tough. They were built tough on the bottom six, and they were getting those grinding out goals. That's why they made it through that Western Conference. That Western Conference was tough all those years. But those big bodies, they everyone has to. Go so, up. all right. So, how would this play out moving forward? You would eventually want to have the kid line, let's say, take a step up and become line number two, and then get a new line three of some tougher players. That's exactly exactly it. I think that you need to split, take a page out of Lindy Russ's book right now. You split up the lines. Um, especially the kid line. You put them up on the second line. Well, didn't they try to do that, though, earlier in the year with the kid line? And people were ticked off because it was playing so well. Gallant then moves the, you know, dating back to last year, of course. But then Gallant tries to split them up a little bit, and it wasn't working. So they put them back together. Yeah, and I, and I understand that. But at this point, going to game six, you have to try something. I mean, we're putting the, the Devils are putting Timo Meyer on the third line. Right. To play that tough role. So you what know? would you what would you do? How would you break it up? Um, I would put um, I would put um, Pacquiao probably on the second line. Right. Um, you put Kreider down on the third line. I know it sounds a little bit nuts here, but I think that you just got to get that. What about better. Panarin? Move Panarin down. Move Panarin down with Trocheck. I mean, that's a possibility here, but. I just, I, I just like the idea. I like the idea of moving Kako up. Here's the other problem: Lafreniere is not that good. I, I think Kako's got potential. I don't think Lafreniere is any good. What, what has he done? He's a zero. He does nothing. Yeah, yeah. He he's just been a real big disappointment as the, as the first overall. I mean, pick. think about that. Uh, That's a problem, Jeremy. And thank you for the call. This guy's a first overall freaking pick. Why is it when the Rangers get the first overall pick, he's a boss? When the Devils get the first overall pick, the guy's a superstar. Lafreniere does nothing. He's invisible on the ice. Doug on Long Island, Doug. 
How are we doing, Sal? I'm ticked off, Doug. I mean, it's a terrible game. They should not be down 3-2 in this series. I warned you at 2-0. This team never, ever, ever does anything easy. And when you want to win a Stanley Cup championship, go to 94. The Rangers' first series, a breeze, four games. Yes. You need to have a sense of urgency. This team has never, ever, through the Lundquist years, you saw it. They never had it. You knew if the Rangers won game one, they were losing game two. Um, one thing, I, one, one thing I will say, Doug, just to counter that real quick, because remember, back then it was one versus eight, right? The playoff format was different. So they were playing the you know the Islanders. They sweep the Islanders. Then they take out the Capitals in five games. Now, do you think it's a little different because of the playoff format where you're taking on the Devils you know, the, the Devils, obviously, the two in the Metro uh, Metropolitan Division, I don't know exactly the, the way that it would have worked out. I think the Rangers maybe would have played the Leafs or something as a 4-5. But still, I mean, it's it's the, the playoff format now is almost like it's structured to go with six, seven-game series even in the first rounds. But, I mean, when, when you're on the road, you outscore the team 10-2 and yeah. you come home. Like, here's my two things. You know, last year I wanted Patrick Kane. I'm a big Kane guy. As soon as they got Tarasenko, I never wanted Patrick Kane. You can't go with these older finesse players and win in the playoffs. The next thing, and the reason this series has changed, I give Lindy Ruff credit. He, the adjustment he made, he has, like, he has taken Adam Fox out of the game. And Gallant hasn't found a way to counter. Like Adam Fox, the first two games. You know, he, he was like the reason everything was working. And they're not able to get anything since that second game. It's been a totally different game offensively for them. And to the, it's some, listen, if they lose a series, I still, I, I think they're winning game six. And, you know, I'll take my chances in game seven against a young team. But, you know, you don't want to go seven in the first round. But if they lose this series, either, you know, go on somebody like you. Something's got to change here. Like you can't go forward with the same team because this is going to be an utter embarrassment to win the first two games easily on the road and then not win the series. And I don't know if I trust Drury. If this doesn't work, you know, he tried it last year and they got to a certain point, right? Obviously getting to the Eastern Conference Finals uh, against the Lightning. They went up in the series and then they just fall apart losing four straight. Okay, so then they think, okay, this is what we needed. We ran out of steam. This is what we needed here. They try to adjust this year and now it may be even worse. How are they going to get this team to the next level? And the other thing is, Doug, it's not just about the ancillary pieces that Drury could put together. What about the stars? That's, to me, the problem with Mika and Panarin in particular. If they're not getting it done, okay, you could replace, like they replaced Strom with Trocek, right? Or you could bring in Tarasenko or some other guys that are going to help out. You know, you bring back Tyler Mott, all that stuff, whatever. The, the little guys like that. What about Panarin and Zibinijad? If they're not scoring, the Rangers are screwed. A hundred percent. And, the, like, you could just clearly see that there's a confidence issue. Like, all season long, we said Panarin passed too much. He passed too much. Tonight, he had Tarasenko wide open. Wide open. Every game all year, he makes that pass across to hit him for the open shot. Tonight, he shoots. Like, I just feel like they're doubting themselves, and there's a huge confidence issue. Well, and the, the, the reason why I'm not going to go nuts with Panarin on that is because you're exactly right. We're all saying, shoot, he's got to shoot, shoot, shoot. But the problem is he's got to make the right play. 
and it's gotten into his head. Because everybody's saying, shoot the puck, shoot the puck, shoot the puck, now he's thinking, well, i got to shoot the puck instead of making the right play, which would have been a pass in that spot. Right. i, I got to at least finish with something positive. i got to go to the Knicks. I mean, I, you know since they got Brunson. You know how I feel about this kid. I, I really thought all he needed was an opportunity, and he's far exceeded anything. So, you know, the NBA is about matchups. The first, the first round, I thought the Nick bench against the Cav bench was going to be the thing, and now they got Miami, and you know, Jimmy Butler is the guy. But we have Josh Hart, who I think, like the Knicks are, the, the Knicks are set up to get to this Eastern Conference final. I, I just hope we don't lose another player. The, and the, the, heat, back. the Heat scare the hell out of me, man. I got to be honest with you, Doug. They, people are, and I know Nick fans are going nuts, and I understand it. I'm one of them. I mean, I've got Nick's fever as well. I can't wait to go to these games. I can't wait to buy more merch. My, me and my wife are having a great time. Uh, I look forward to it. This is going to be this series. This is not hyperbole. This will be the greatest Knicks postseason series since probably the last two, time these two teams met in 99 or whatever it was. Like, this is not... Remember, the Knicks lost in that first round of the Raptors, and that was the end of Van Gundy and the end of that run. Every time they've been back in since, it hasn't been anything close to what we're experiencing. And now, it's not only the second round, it's not only they're legit, it's the heat to boot. Oh, my God, this is going to be a series. But I'm scared of that team. Maybe because of the 90s, Doug. Maybe because of Jimmy Butler. But I'm scared of the heat. Well, I mean... I, I, you could talk about the past, but one thing I will guarantee you: the Bucks would. The Bucks are the one team in the NBA the Knicks can't beat. With with Lopez inside and the way Giannis gets to the basket, they were the the, the Heat did the Knicks a favor. And I'll say this: right, now. but but if the Heat beat the Bucks in five, why wouldn't I be scared about that team? Listen, Giannis missed like two, almost two and a half games. Like that's part of the reason. And he shot ten for twenty three from the line last night. But the bottom line is, the Knicks are favored. I, I fully expect the Knicks to win this series. And if Randall can somehow come back, and if Rand, if Randall, and and I tell you, kid, he's a tough kid. I'll give him credit, man. I, I don't think he's back. I, I feel like his attitude's changed. When I saw him on the bench, he looked over to Brunson and he said, "I'm good." Like I, I just love. Like it's fun. It's a good time to be a Knicks fan again. I love this team. Like, the Knicks were everything when I was younger. Right. When I was a young kid in the 80s into the 90s, late, late 80s into the 90s, the Knicks were everything. And I feel like they're on their way back. But if, if Randall can come back and be close to healthy, I think the Knicks are going to win a series in no more than six games. The Knicks, and thank you for the call, Doug. Always great to hear from you. Comforting to share uh, misery with you about our Rangers. The Knicks are the one team that unifies this city sports-wise. We talked about it earlier in the week where what would it be like if we only had one NBA team, one hockey team, one baseball team, one NFL team. That's like that's foreign to us because it just hasn't been the case where we have all these different teams. However, and this is not trying to disrespect the Nets, but there's one team that unites this city more than the others, and that's the Knicks. Because there's a clear split. I mean, it could be 60-40, whatever the exact percentages are. There's a split with the Jets and Giants. There's a split with the Mets and the Yankees. There's a split with the Rangers. And even though the Rangers may have the majority, there's still there's plenty of Islanders fans. There's plenty of Devils fans. So you're splitting it three ways there. It's not that way with the Knicks. The Knicks-Nets don't have that type of split. There are some Nets fans, sure. But the Knicks unify this. That, that's the one team where the majority of us come together and get behind. And I wasn't familiar with a world where the Knicks weren't good 
when I first started getting into basketball, early 90s, whatever, late 80s, early 90s, all through the 90s, Knicks were always good. Knicks were always relevant. Knicks were always in the postseason. And then we had to live for over two decades with them not being very good. And it was bizarre where they just became an afterthought, a non-factor, a laughing stop. And now they're back. And it is as exciting as anything that I've experienced sports-wise in a very long time. And I think this Heat series is going to be even more just lit. Through the roof, like insanity, every single game. Reacting to it, talking about it, going nuts over it one way or another. Knicks heat. Wow, I cannot wait. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're known for being polite, so we give you a chance to talk to... Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Seven three three seven sixty six sixty six is the number to call. We'll get to you know mention some of the baseball stuff along the way. If you guys want to call and talk about it, that's fine. We're going to two a.m. Please, do we have any idea who's on after me? Uh, is Oriscona? Oh, Boyle, Pat Boyle today at two o'clock. He'll take you through the overnight. So the Giannis stuff. I know it got a lot of uh, attention yesterday with Giannis after the Bucks went down in five to the Heat. This after being a number one seed, and Giannis had that whole thing, the exchange with the reporter, which I thought was very. Um, you know, uh, intelligent. It was respectfully done. It wasn't like Giannis flipping out. I wish more athletes would handle themselves the way that Giannis did in that particular spot. However, he's wrong. It was like, uh, you know, my cousin Vinny, uh, Mr. Gambini, that was uh, thoughtful, whatever, but well thought out, overruled. That's what it was. Yeah, it was great. It was a beautiful speech. Everything you said was great. Problem is the two years. Right? The problem is you failed. There's no way to slice it. You no other way to put it. You failed. That is an epic failure. I wish I could follow up. I wish I asked that question was in there. And after all that he was going on, no, Giannis. Here's the thing: you're number one seed. You failed. Like in life, you're doing great. Sure. In this series, you failed. You missing free throws. Failure. Your coach. Failure. Your season. Failure. 
You can't be a number one seed and lose to a number eight seed in five games, no less. Not to mention that you choked away in game five. You had a, a nice lead late. So it is a failure. I mean, he's a great guy, superstar, intelligent athlete. No question about it. And I love what he said. But come on now. Giannis is clearly looking for a participation trophy. I mean, I think that's what we're getting at here. There is no failure in sports. Everybody wins. Give it up. Give it up for the Bucs. Hey, it's a good year. Give it up for the Bucs. So what? They were a one seed and expected to go win the NBA championship. So what? Give it up for them. Hey, you know what? They, they tried hard. You get an A for effort. Five games to Milwaukee, to, uh, to Miami. You know what? You still, what a heck of a heck of a year you had. I mean, now you got NBA players wanting a participation trophy. Imagine Patrick Ewing ever saying something like that. Where every single one of his seasons was basically called a failure because he never won a championship. This is one of the great players of all time, of course. One of the great players in this city. A New York sports god, dare I say, Patrick Ewing. Now, obviously, looking back, his career was a great success, and there were a lot of seasons that I do think should be looked at as successful, even though they ended short of the ultimate goal. But a one versus an eight seed going down like that? Come on, dude. That's not the time for that speech. Let's say the Bucks lost in the second or third round in six or seven games. You know, ultimately, their goal is to win the championship. Let's say they fell short of the championship. Let's say they lost to the Sixers in the Eastern Conference Finals. Let's say they lost to who the Knicks in the second round. I know. I guess if they lost to the Knicks in the second round, that would be deemed a failure. But let's say they lost a gruel, whatever. They didn't win the championship, but lost in the third round. Still a failure, but I can understand where Giannis would be saying, would you be calling this a failure? Come on. What is there if we don't win the championship? No, I can understand that. You can't say it after getting dumped by an eight seed in that fashion. So, Giannis, I'm sorry, but you're wrong. Robbie is calling from Lennox. What's up, Robbie? How about your Rangers, Robbie? Sal, you know what? My favorite team, my favorite sport. Let me tell you something. I have no voice left, but I want to tell you something, okay? I absolutely hated the Kane trade for a bunch of reasons. First of all, you know, I'm like a heart. I'm going to hark it back to 1994, and I know it was a different era, and obviously it's a different game, a little bit different now. With players being bigger and faster and so forth. But there was a big reason why Mike Keenan went up to Neil Smith at the trade deadline and said, "Listen, we have a really good team at the time. They were the number one team in the in the league, but they lacked something that this team lacks, and that's playing below the goal line. This top six forwards do not want to back check, do not want to play defense, and you can take a capsule." picture of Artemi Panarin basically coasting back on the shorthanded goal tonight. There in a nutshell shows you the effort of Artemi Panarin. Years ago, they traded uh, a very young and a very talented Tony Monte. They traded away Mike Gardner, Hall of Famer. Why? For Glenn Anderson, a guy who plays below the goal line. Stefan Mateau, Brian Unit, guys who play below the goal line. I love all those guys. Okay, great. You know why? Because they're tough. They play inside. Well, they're Stanley Cup champions. You know, I I was talking about this. I want to say, hey, if they fire Glant, who's next? Can they bring back Mike Keenan? Is it possible to get him? Mike Keenan. Mike Keenan would have played. Okay, Mike Keenan would have stuck Panarin on the bench and put Kane on. Here's why the Kane trade was ridiculous. You don't need all these East-West players. I've been saying this all year long about this game, the way they're built. Too much East-West play. You need North-South play. They could have gotten Tarasenko and a guy like Barbashev. They need guys that play below the goal line. The Rangers, statistically, if you look at the statistics this year, they were one of the worst teams in the league in goals off rebounds and goals off the forecheck. In the first two 
two games, Sal, their gap play was so solid that the Devils couldn't move. They were clogging the neutral zone and not letting the Devils move north and south because the Devils are predominantly a north-south So team. what happened? The, Rangers, yeah, the Rangers stopped forechecking. I mean, you get 23 rotten shots on goal. Okay, granted that a couple in front. What happened was they stopped playing. They came at the side of a barn. I mean, you have six guys. Tarasenko doesn't want to play defense. None of those guys play below the goal line. Well, defense want, has not been the issue for the Rangers. They they play outside of no, last game. Five yeah, but, was the worst game that they played, and the best game right. the Devils played. But the thing the thing is that it's when you look at okay, Dave Maloney. I was listening to the broadcast on on the on, uh, radio tonight with uh, with Kenny and with Dave, and Dave said if the Rangers can only play more emotionally in the offensive end as they take care of their own end, and I feel bad for Igor Shosturkin because he played great. But check this out. All the bad habits they had this season. They allowed eight odd man rushes tonight. Inexcusable. Their penalty killing was atrocious. I mean, everything they did tonight was just, it wasn't as bad as game four, Sal, that you had to be out, which was a debacle. But I mean, the bottom that line was the awful. Was, no, they were better. They The Rangers were better tonight, especially out of the gate. I know they gave up the goal in the first 40 seconds, but you could tell that the Rangers looked better tonight. They or, did, or less, the thing, yeah. They, yeah, they did, Sal. But the problem is, is that you have too many East West players. And the other thing, too, is. The Kane trade made no sense because they have no depth. When the Rangers won the Cup in 94, they could exchange players. They could say, okay, we're not going to play this guy tonight. We're going to sit this guy and play somebody else. They have no depth because of the Kane trade. They use the salary cap completely. So it's not so much It's not so much dreary. I think the Kane trade was Sather and Dolan because we know how much Dolan loves Sather's Dolan. not still around, is he? What are you talking about Sather? Yeah, he's a consultant. Absolutely, he's a consultant for the Rangers. And he was basically like, nah, I think Drury, Drury. I think Drury, and thank you for the call, Rob. I think Drury's calling those shots. I believe the Drury wanted them. Look, Kane wanted to come here. Rangers, uh, you know, made it work. They fit him in. Nobody was against it at the time. I mean, maybe you were, Robbie, but everybody wanted Kane here. I know I did. And for his, you know, Stanley Cup playoff pedigree, Tarasenko and Kane were two great additions on paper. In reality, Kane is not working out. Look, it's been really, it's been two bad games. I know they're down 3-2, but in reality, it's been two bad games. Game three happens. Tight game, close game, they lose. Game four was unacceptably bad, and game five, they got steamrolled by the Devils. What will game six hold for them? You want to talk about their depth? Well, you shouldn't need any depth when you're as loaded as they are with their top six or even just the, the total four lines. Bruce is calling from Howell. Good morning, Bruce. How are you? Yeah, what's up, Bruce? Unex- what's unacceptable? Unacceptable, unacceptable. I'm not even getting into the Rangers. So the thing with the Knicks is right over here. Yeah, Jimmy Butler is a great player, but Mike Budenholzer is a terrible coach, blowing two big leads. They won the championship to cite him last the last time. He's a terrible coach, and Tibbs is going to figure it out. They're going to double Butler. They're going to figure it out. I don't think Miami has enough help. Well, Spolster is a good coach, though. I Look, I think, and I know why Milwaukee with Giannis, if he's fully healthy, is an impossibility for the Knicks. How do you blow two 14-point leads like that? Uh, look, Miami, I know Jimmy's a great player, but this you know, is not doubling. You can't Miami, on Jimmy Butler like that. This, this is going to be a nasty, stressful, hard-fought, back-and-forth, brutal series. Miami is going to be a you-know-what. Jimmy Butler, Spolstra. Look, the Heat, they should not have been an eight seed. 
Now they they under they, they played down this year. They should have been better. He should have been one of the you top teams. Trying the regular season. Well, whatever. I mean, they're better than what they were. So it's not an eight seed. It's not like you're looking at it from a Knicks perspective. Say, well, we got the eight seed. In reality, that's a better team than the eight seed. This is going to be a very very tough series for the Knicks. All right, so what do you have? I have Knicks in six. Um. I haven't thought about that yet. I can't give you a prediction yet, Bruce. And thank you for the call. I, it's too early, and you're not going to like my prediction. And I don't because my gut is telling me Miami's going to win the series. Last time the I'm trying to think if I went to remember the game is Fleegs in there? I don't even know if he if he remembers. You guys are too young to remember this. The the. Fleeks, you remember the last time the Knicks and Heat played or were too young? It was, I'm trying to think of Anthony Carter. They, well, no, well, the last time they played was Houston shot. Oh, no, you're right. They they played the the, uh, oh, Car- the yeah. Amari Stoudemire. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. No, that one, I don't even know if I count that one. That was when uh, Amari punched the uh, fire hydrant or whatever. Right, right, on the yeah. way out. Um, The, <laughs> right, on the way out. I, I blocked that one out of my memory. Me the too. last time they won well, a series was Houston's shot in 99. I don't even really count um, those mellow years. Look, I know that they do count. But in my mind, I never thought that the Knicks were legit. But I, I'm, anyway, I was trying to reference it. This had to be the 99. I can go back and check the Knicks reference here. Uh, it might have been the 99 postseason. But they played the Heat. And I went to the game. And it was Anthony Carter, I want to say, hit like a last second shot to beat the Knicks, and I was just devastated. Um, and I forget why the hell I even brought that up. But anyway, just because the Knicks' heat have always been a nasty rivalry, uh, you know, dating back, you know, of course, the, the Van Gundy grabbing on Alonzo's leg, and all, which is the, I think the game one this Sunday is the 20th anniversary of that? I hope it's only, no, it, yeah, maybe the 20th anniversary of that. No, it couldn't be, because this is, could it be 30 years? No, right? Where the hell are we here? I saw it some anniversary of it. Somebody tweeted it out. I should have written it, uh, wrote that down uh, earlier today. Anyway, the Knicks Heat have had, I mean, growing up in the 90s, that was one of the nasty robbers. Okay, thank you. So 99, uh, 1998, Alex, that was the Jeff Van Gundy. Which year was this now? Yeah, that, that, was, that was 98. So it's the 25th anniversary. Thank you. That's what it was. So 25th anniversary of the Van Gundy grabbing on Alonzo's leg. And I'm still trying to think of what series that was. Lost in the conference final. I got to go look that up. That I went to. Maybe it was 2000, the 99-2000 season when the Knicks lost in the conference finals. But I remember Anthony Carter. I think it was Anthony Carter for the Heat hitting a back-breaking lap and just being devastated uh, at the Garden going uh, going to those games. These games are going to be insane. I think that was 2000, looking it up online. That right, Carter, so, right. So that was the, and it was Anthony Carter who hit that game winner? It was definitely Anthony Carter. Which, do you, does it have which game that was? Was it game five? Game three. Oh, game three. So game three and four, the Knicks must have had, uh, they were games three and four were at home. So the Heat had home court. Because obviously it was at the game, so it was at home. This right, and the, and the Knicks ended up uh, bouncing back, winning game four, and this was the year. They, they won that series and lost to the Pacers in the conference finals. Ah, so it was okay. not the same year as Houston. Okay, good. Right, Houston was the year before when they won. No, 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 two years before when they no, won the finals. No, you're right. Houston was the year before, 1999. This well, is the, Carter oh, this was the is 2000 right. this is playoffs. 2000 right, right, right. 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 99-2000 was the Anthony Carter, okay, and then they lost in the second round. The year before that, obviously, they went to the finals. That was the Houston. That Allen Houston game five, that might have been 
the most now remember, you know, as a fan, I've witnessed the team that I root for go to a Super Bowl, never win one, but go to a Super Bowl, which is great. I've seen teams that I root for go to the World Series. You know, the Mets have done that a couple of times. Um, the Rangers win a Stanley Cup in 94. That game five of that series against Miami, that whole series, was maybe as intense and emotional as a series as I've ever gotten into or experienced as a sports fan. You know, I think you're so right about that. because So when this that series happened, the Allen Houston one, I was seven years old, so right. I don't remember a ton from that whole era, especially of the Knicks. I remember moments from their run to the finals, but I remember like a two-minute period so vividly from that day that Allen Houston hit that shot, and yeah. in that two minutes is when he hit. I remember the couple seconds leading up to it. I remember him hitting the shot, and I remember the couple seconds after it. Everything else before and after is a blank, Blur, but I, yeah. I know exactly where I was. I know who I was with. I remember I know the TV I was watching. I know where it was. I know whose had a house I was at. I remember everything gives from me, that moment. Gives me goosebumps hearing you say that. And the reason why, now, the reason why I say that is because I remember how I felt. I remember where I was. I remember the emotions of that moment being sick to my stomach with what was about to happen here. Now, go back a little bit to the year before where you had the fight. So this was a buildup, and I forget the exact years, but I believe they played in the year before as well, in 97, 98. They did. Might, might have probably played in 96, 97 as well, right? How many years in a row yeah, did they, they play? Yeah, they played four years in a row. Right. So this was... This was year three, and was, the fight was year two. Okay, so this was the third straight year that they're playing them. Well, the Van Gundy, sorry, the Van Gundy fight was it, because the P.J. Brown-Charlie Ward thing was the right. first year. Van Gundy and Morning was year Second, two. This was year three. And Houston, Allen Houston game five was now year you three. Had, right, so you had the fights. This is the third year you're playing them. Back and forth series, a fifth game. And in that moment, it's down to the final freaking seconds. They're playing the final countdown, that song. And, you know, the NBA and NBC, I'm assuming it was an afternoon game. I remember it. And you, the inbound, the ball. Houston hits that shot, and just all the emotion that was built up in the prior two years into this third year against the same damn team to do it in their building, in that fashion, I mean, it it gives me goosebumps now talking about it. I remember running outside the front door, stubbing my toe, on the stoop and just going, just kind of like Houston did, where he ran down the court and gave that fist pump, but giving a, you know, yelling and going absolutely nuts that he hit that. That was just one of the more euphoric. Now, this is game, this is round one, but one of the more euphoric moments in my sports fandom history. That was, well, the most euphoric moment of my Knicks fan life to this point. Cause again, I'm young, a lot right. of stuff that before that I don't remember. The other most euphoric moment happened three weeks later, and then nothing really since then until the last few days. Yeah, well, I mean, think about like, that. I was a, right? Again, I don't remember a ton of Knicks basketball before that, even with my other teams. You know, the Jets had already had 98 and then losing in the playoffs in early 99. With the Mets, again, my memories with that really kick in. Piazza, yes, but the playoffs in 99 2000. So that hadn't happened yet. The Knicks was like those first huge intense moments where this awesome thing happens at the end and it happens twice in three weeks. I mean that those Nick games against the heat and then the Larry Johnson four point play. Yep. 
gave me a very, very bad idea about what the rest of my life would look like. Because we haven't touched that since. It was basically downhill from there. Even that next year that I said I went to that game, that Anthony Carter game, even that, I don't remember the rest of that series at all. Like, you could have told me they would have lost the series. I'd be like, oh, okay, is that who they lost to? But they won that series and then lost in the next round, and obviously it started to get worse from there than the next year losing to the Raptors in the playoffs. But that 98-99 run, obviously historic, but specifically... That first round series. You have the results of that series, Fleeks, how it went. And I want to say that the Knicks were down big in that game, but I'm not 100% sure. You mean game by game? Yes. I do not. I forget the exact results, but, you know, game going back and forth, I'm sure, in the series, and then having to go there to win that game five to be able to. So Knicks won game one, Heat game two, Knicks game three. Knicks won game one, Heat game two. Right, so the Knicks lost game four with a chance to clinch at home. Series went back to Miami, and then they did and then obviously the Heat were up one with four seconds left. I mean that that is one of the great moments. Now this is a long time ago, obviously, you know, twenty five years ago we're talking about, but here we are, Knicks Heat. Just thinking about it brings me back, and Pat Riley is still there. Unbelievable, and we don't have Van Gundy, but we do have Tibbs. I'm going to take guess. I don't know the answer. Alex is sitting to my left. You see that. There's a chance Alex wasn't even born yet. How old are you, Alex? I'm 23. Yeah. So look at that. So he wasn't born. Or he might have been born like that month, and he hasn't hit 24 yet. We're giving you a history lesson. uh, And I'm a Nets fan, so I'm not really a Knicks. Sorry. Oh, you're a Nets fan? Oh, well, you don't count then. Sorry. Sorry to tell you. (laughs) Although, I guess if you're only 23, I could kind of understand Yeah, why would you be a Knicks fan? He's born after all this. You actually make sense because I've always said when I've run into younger Knicks fans, uh, whether it interns at SNY, whoever, I'm like, well, how are you? You're a Knicks fan? You're how old? 25. I'm like, well, what the hell are you? I mean, how do you become a Knicks fan exactly? Right. Alex is growing up. Jason Kidd, Vince Carter. All right. Yeah, I Vince that Carter team. was the reason why I became a Nets fan. And and the thing is, my dad's a Knicks fan. But right. they were just like, it was when my, my dad was a Knicks fan, he took me to games with Eddie Curry and Quentin Richardson. Yeah. I was not going to root for that team. I can't I can't say I blame you for And that. Q Rich is one of the better Knicks from that era. Even I that's checked how, out. That's how dark it, like that. That's how long it's been. The guy who was tra- last night at training tonight, he's running the board for you tonight. He was not born during any of this stuff we're talking about. Which is unbelievable because I remember it so well. Anyway, the point is, this is going to be one of those type series. I know it's a new or renewed rivalry now, but... For those who experienced it, it will never go away. That hatred will always be there. We need a break, or what do you want me to do here? Just take another call, please. Go to the top. I guess we'll do that. Josh is calling from Passaic. What's up, Josh? Good, Keith. I'm good to say, what about you? How are you, Josh? Good. I mean, it's good to see the Devils kind of flip that series around. But even as you were saying that, like, the Rangers would take it to six or seven, they'd have a hard time getting through the rest of the series. All the other series in the... By the East, they're all going to six already. And so what was your point? That even if the Rangers were to go to six or seven, it wouldn't affect them as much because all the other teams, well, the Rangers would have to go through seven, but all the other teams are going through at least six games if they were to. No, but, but also, Josh, as I was saying before, and thank you for the call, as I was saying before that the even if the Rangers win and move on, it's the fact that they didn't show a killer instinct to be able to put a team away when they had them down. They had the Devils down, and they let them off the hook. Even if the Devils got game three, fine. The killer instincts here said, all right, boys, they got that one. That's fine. It was a tough battle. Let's go put them away in game four. 
and they played one of the worst playoff hockey games that I've ever seen. That's what would worry me more than going six or seven games in round one. 877-337-6666. We'll continue with your calls. Whatever it is you want to talk about, Rangers have been a top story. Nick's Heat, of course, getting underway Sunday. Looking forward to that. We could talk about that. The Mets avoid a sweep, although they didn't look very good even in doing so. They avoid the sweep against the Nationals. And the Yankees get a nice win behind Garrett Cole in Texas. But the big story there, Aaron Judge and his health. And it'll be, uh, you know, hopefully later on today we'll get an update on that judge dealing, had to leave the game, dealing with some hip issues and obviously no tests or anything yet. So we'll have more info on that, you would assume, later on today. But I would expect Aaron Judge might be out of the lineup. Judge said it himself. He's going to miss some time, uh, maybe even just a couple of games here, hopefully, uh, dealing with that hip. 877-337-6666. Sal Akata on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 